0: Hi, it's Elise Lunan, host of Pulling the Thread. Today's guest is my wonderful friend, Laurelyn Jackson, inarguably one of the world's greatest living mediums. In today's conversation, we explore both this life and what lies beyond.
1: Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills, so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep. Up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet, and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com sample-policy. Spot pet insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company, and produce Spot pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot pet Insurance Services, LLC.
0: Hi, it's Elise Lunen, host of Pulling the Thread. I'm an author, podcast host, and parent who built a long career in media. I grew up in a state of perpetual curiosity, investigating the world and asking a lot of questions. In this show, I chat with culture-defining leaders, thinkers, and experts about this rare moment that we find ourselves in, and how to think about our own lives and experiences within a larger social and spiritual construct. What I know is
2: that no one is alone. There's no sense of isolation or sadness or disconnection that I think at times we mistakenly feel here because we get very stuck in the fact that we're in these physical bodies, right? And sometimes we're physically isolated. Or sometimes I think some of us are so distanced from our own truths and our own inner voice, our own inner wisdom, that we get very confused on our life path and then we feel spiritually distanced from being connected to this great fabric and grid of light that's here, right? So I think the answer is always for all of us here on Earth to go deep within, to access our highest path, our true purpose, the connection that's always there, and we can really call upon those on the other side to help us do that because they're still working with us and for us and so forth.
0: So says Lynn Jackson, psychic medium and best-selling author of The Light Between Us, Stories from Heaven, Lessons for the Living. As well as signs the secret language of the universe laura has dedicated her life and career to using her incredible gift the ability to connect and communicate with the other side to teach all of us how to tap into our intuition access our higher self and ultimately embrace the powerful light that burns inside each of us our conversation is both inspiring and practical as laura guides us through exploring the connection within us She discusses how to ask for and recognize signs from our team of light, her term for the rock star assembly of our departed loved ones, guardian angels, and the divine, all of whom have congregated on the other side to provide us with guidance, love, and connection, as well as why we should trust our pull toward connecting with others here on earth. For Laura, we exist to help our souls grow collectively, whether here on earth or on the other side. And when we open ourselves up to be part of the great eternal chain of light We move the whole forward. Connection is a gift available for all of us to access. We must simply create the opening for it to flourish. Okay, let's get to our conversation. Well, I owe, as you know, I think, although I feel like I probably haven't expressed enough gratitude to you over the years, but I owe so much of my faith to you, which I know is maybe a strange thing to say but you were really the one and I got lucky because you are probably the most incredible living working forensic psychic medium alive today but
2: you're just like giving me way too much credit because you know I'm only a vehicle at least that the other side uses so anything that you got from me was really from them and I really think it's because of your beautiful path here and your journey and how many people you're leading to that understanding and helping to make those connections, right? We're all in it together. We're all part of that same team of light in the here and now. So I feel incredibly honored that my soul gets to know your soul this lifetime. Like, I feel like we've known each other before. or <laughs> <Aren't laughs> in the same soul group, but like you don't always get to connect and be with people in your soul group each lifetime. So I'm super honored. Oh, same.
0: And one of the things that I think is so stunning about your gift and the way that you bring people through. Well, there are several things about it. One, and this, I think, you know, skeptics don't really understand it, but there's like an energetic imprint in your reading where you very much feel as though you're in the presence of the person that you're actually channeling. Like you channel the subtle nuance of personality in a way that I think is incredible. And then also your thesis, you know, there are a lot of Sort of oracle junkies in our culture, right? Who want to consult a psychic before they make any decision, and etc. And like, I try to be very careful personally, partly through what you've taught me, which is I like general messages to the divine and and that sort of leadership, but I don't like to get a lot of personal readings because, as you teach, you don't need them. The whole point of your work is to show that. There, the other side is there, and it's our job to cultivate those relationships. And we don't need you as amazing as it is. Exactly. You?
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think at least, too, I've always known that I was here as a teacher. I happen to be a psychic medium, but I really feel my true purpose is to just show people how accessible this is to all of us and how it can just infuse your life with so much beauty and meaning and purpose when you open to it and access it. And so, yeah, everything you're saying, like, resonates so deeply in me because my greatest hope for everyone is that they never feel like they need to go to a psychic medium, that they realize this is this opening, this connection is within each and every person.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you can attest, I obviously, I, I, we're friends, and but I really, and I don't even actually exercise restraint, but like, I really don't ask. I try to, I mean, I love you as my friend, but I, I don't want to, I think that there's danger in becoming addicted to cycles of validation. And, and in a weird way, it can lead you farther away from your own intuition. And so I oh, love-
2: I think that's so true.
0: Yeah. The way you teach people, even on social, even on your Instagram and the sign sharing that people do, oh, it's so- Every time I sort of want to hit from the other side, I just go there and see the incredible things that people share with you. So can you talk people through, obviously you've written two beautiful books and hopefully there are more, but you know, the, the newest one, I think everyone needs to read The Light Between Us. It's so beautiful, particularly parents who have lost children. It's such a stunning read and, and, and pet parents. And I mean, you really go through it all. But can you talk people through sort of the ways that the other side sends signs and communicates with us?
2: Yeah, you know, so The Light Between Us, my first book, right, it was kind of like explaining how it works and giving examples and showing people that they have this within themselves. But I feel like science is really like a workshop toolbook almost, which is going to help people understand like how they can receive signs and messages and open this language, this beautiful magical language of connection with their team of light on the other side, right? And team of light is really a term that I've come up with to explain what I'm shown about what each one of us has accessible to us at all times, which is God energy, you know, this force of love that we're all connected by is part of us. Like we're all connected to the same part of that same beautiful whole, right? We can access that and call upon that for guidance. We also have our own, you know, spirit guides, which throughout time and history, different religions have referred to as guardian angels, really advanced souls who are our teacher and mentors on the other side. And they can also speak to us, you know, in different ways and send us signs and messages to help guide us on our highest path, to help reframe things for us. When we get stuck in like a certain way of thinking about our lives, that is definitely not accurate, but we may think is accurate at the time. And it's usually very negative. And then we have anybody we love who's crossed, right? Who's accessible to us, who's watching over to us, us, who's guiding us, who can also send us signs, including pets, right? Anyone, anything we've ever loved becomes part of that great chain of light and connection for us and is accessible to help guide us and love us, right? So I'm I'm all about like concrete evidence, you know, I think what I, what I share with others is what I embrace myself, which is, well, this is all beautiful. And I want this guidance, but I want it to come in a concrete way in the here and now, you know, right now, we're spiritual beings in physical bodies in this materialistic paradigm of a world, right? And what I guarantee you is if your soul is in your body here on earth, you are needed, and you are powerful in ways you cannot even fathom. Every thought you have, every choice you make has this grand ripple effect in ways that you can't perceive but are real, goes out there in the world, affects other people's journeys. It's why how we embrace our own light energy, how we embrace our own spiritual path here matters greatly, right? It is a great gift to be here. It's an honor to be here right now. And sometimes you're part of someone else's lesson. Sometimes somebody is teaching you a lesson and there's no real like guidebook we can go reference, right? Like on such and such a day, on such and such a year, I'm going to be going through this lesson. So you really have to kind of tune in to your higher self, right? To that spiritual self, to that knowing. But I love to call upon my team of light and I love to teach people how to call upon theirs for guidance because some days we just need a little hug from the other side. We need a thumbs up. We need a, you're doing great, keep going, rooting you on. Or we need guidance of like, yes, this is your highest path. Don't be afraid, make that change, make that shift. But well, we just want to know they're around on days that we're celebrating birthdays or anniversaries, or that we're feeling really bereft because we're missing the physical kind of connection of our loved ones, right? Maybe their crossing date or their birthday, and they're not physically here. We want to know that they're still present. And so, creating a language with the other side give be this wonderful tool just to get evidence of that and to get reassurance of that. And also to feel that love and connection it's there for us. And it's, it's so beautiful to open to it. You know, so I just ask people to create a language that's very concrete and very unique. You know, I think a lot of people before they understand how to create a language, they just say to their loved ones or their team of light on the other side, like, send me a sign. And they just leave it totally (laughs) open-ended. And I think, you know, that's awesome. That's a starting point. And that's a great starting point because here you are, you're like open to it, right? But you can fine-tune it so beautifully, and you can challenge your loved ones on the other side, your team of light on the other side to send you really specific signs and messages, you know? And I think to get our attention, a lot of times they'll they'll mess with electrical devices. We know this. They love to change the words when we're typing, like texts, pay really careful attention to like what words change to. They kind of send us messages that way, right? They put coins in our pack. A lot of times they'll put, creatures in our path that navigate the world using electromagnetic fields like birds, butterflies, dragonflies, ladybugs, deer. You can kind of Google any animal that navigates this earth through electromagnetic fields and you can pretty much guarantee your your team of lights sending you some of those just to get your attention, right? But I think creating a language is so wonderful. I love, one of my favorite things is to hear people's stories of connection, you know? And some people get very creative. Like I had one person, you know, write me like, I was thinking of making a career change, so I asked my loved ones on the other side to send me like a dragon if it was like no, and a rainbow if it was a yes, and I got the rainbow, you know? So it's like they're very creative, like almost like a yes-no system too. What I am clear on is that we do have free will here, and that trumps everything, right? So there will be some moments, I think, where our team of light can give us encouragement and help guide us, but not give us the answers. And I think if you get to a moment like that too, it's really important to reflect that This is probably a bit of a soul test for your soul that you're trying to master in terms of like choosing a fear path or a love path, right? And trusting in that love path always, that will always take to your highest journey here as a spiritual being. So yeah, creating a language can really transform not only your life, right? But lives around you because the choices you make and how you are embracing your own journey affects countless others. Mm
0: so beautiful, and that idea that everyone really matters and everyone's life has meaning. Um, More than we
2: can even understand.
0: I'm sure. High schoolers are busy, but no one's too busy to help fight cancer. The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is looking for their next student visionaries of the year. Could that be your child? High schoolers who participate in the seven-week philanthropic leadership development program gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Forming strong teams behind them, they fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor right in their local community. Can you talk a little bit about, well, I want to go in a lot of different directions, but just to to double-click on that and this idea of free will, my sense from Peter, who I certainly ask for help. So one, I try to ask the people who have passed for help in the ways that they know that they were exceptionally gifted in real life. But my sense, too, is that he's doing other things, that he has a life, as it were, on the other side, what's your sense of, do you have any understanding of what's happening, quote unquote, over there?
2: Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because when I read, I go very close to what I call like the veil, right? And they come very close to. So it's almost like this this meeting room I go into on my screen and I read and I can kind of feel and glimpse everything that's on other side and i'm connecting with it right but it's almost like we're speaking through like a screen right not a glass that's that's solid but like a screen where you can see but i know i can't go there and go experience myself right now i can only hear what they're sharing with me and gather information that way you know there have been many beautiful things that they've told me because when we cross you know this idea of rest in peace they are they're the other side is a place of love and connection and peace and from what they share with me it's like this feeling of love that is so just complete that you realize how connected you are to everything and how divine there like how there's divinity in everything like how everything in some way makes sense and it's all about love right But when our souls leave our physical bodies, this earth is really just a school, right? And it's a really fast paced, intense school. And we, we come here because we are invested in helping each other grow and shift and change. And this is one of the ways we can experience that. But when we, when our souls cross back to the other side and the other side, let's not forget is right here with us. It's like the other side of a sheet of paper. And all those souls are so very invested in our journeys here and rooting us on and helping us think about like, if you were on a team, let's say like a soccer team, right? Football for those in the UK and, and abroad, but, and you were on the sidelines, right? Because you got pulled out, but you are rooting your team members on and you are cheering them on and you're projecting your energy and you're saying, Oh, run to the right, run to the left. Cause you see a better picture than maybe they can when they aren't there on the field or you just want to share your energy that way. That's what our loved ones do for us, right? They're still very invested in the journeys here. Some beautiful things I've heard from individuals on the other side is I've had children come through who have crossed through violence, like being shot for Mm -hmm. one example, who he came through so proud, this young boy sharing that he and his mother who was here on earth were working on legislation to change and help save lives and prevent more deaths here, right? Through gun laws. And the mother validated that I've had children tell me that one of their roles there is crossing animals that are dying like greeting them, you know, and then feeling that love. A lot of people who have crossed through suicide, share with me that they're working very hard to heal their family members here to help their family members know that it was no fault of their own to release guilt that they might be carrying. And to also help them work towards like helping mental health awareness here and so forth, there seem to be so many different ways we can engage in helping our spirits, our souls grow collectively, right? Whether we're here on earth or we're on the other side. So there are definitely like jobs, if you will, you know, in that sense, but I think it's really up to our souls and what we feel pulled to do when we're on the other side what I know is that no one is alone. Like you, there's no sense of isolation or sadness or disconnection that I think at times we mistakenly feel here because we get very stuck in the fact that we're in these physical bodies, right? And sometimes we're physically isolated, or sometimes I think some of us are so distanced from our own truths and our own inner voice, our own inner wisdom that we get very confused on our life path. And then we feel spiritually distanced from being connected to this great Fabric and grid of light that's here, right? So, I think the answer is always for all of us here on earth to go deep within to access our highest path, our true purpose, the connection that's always there. And we can really call upon those on the other side to help us do that because they're still working with us and for us and so forth. You know, I've also had scientists on the other side come through telling me they were working with certain scientists here who they were like centuries apart or never met, but it seems to me like there is what, you know, you brought up before what Peter was good at here. You asked him to help you with there. It seems to be a thing like the talents we had when we were here, we still are very inclined to help people here with what we were good at when we're there, right? We still channel down and we help people. You know, they, when we talk about art and artists creating, there's always a spiritual team of light, helping to inspire, helping to create, because I think art is what heals our world truly. And I think mm. all artists are vehicles to share that light, to share, share that connection, to share those lessons, to help people experience in a way other than like words or materialistic things, right. To access this kind of energy or this understanding. So I know there are many souls on the other side who work as a team of light with artists here, you know, it's very beautiful. I, I don't think there's any end to what we can do when we're there, but those are just some of the roles that, you know, I've heard of. I think there are certain like teams that inspire people here, right? Like in it, it, just really beautiful ways to help humanity. So it's this great chain of light.
0: Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. And that idea that, Nobody is alone, because I know so many of us can feel isolated, lonely, detached, separated here. But this idea that not only, you know, I think about parents who have lost children, which is, you know, I know you work a lot with kids, like how the, the complete devastation and the small comfort, but the comfort nonetheless of thinking, oh, my God, there are people, they are with people, they are with ancestors there with animals, you know, like your little my pet dot isn't wandering around somewhere alone. (laughs) There's so much comfort if people allow themselves to go there. There's so much comfort in that idea. And the idea of co-creation, you know, I certainly feel that way. I feel more often than not when I'm really working or writing or my book, for example, is completely a co-creative effort. I don't know where I mean, I I I don't know where it's coming from, but it's that partnership with the divine that I feel in my body. I mean, I just, you know, Rob, sometimes I'll be writing and working and I'll be like looking at him and almost talking to him simultaneously. And he's like,
2: how are you doing that? You're like, oh, it's just coming through me. I can can." (laughs) Just,
0: just doing some automatic writing, babe and having a conversation with you. And (laughs) no, I know scientifically that people can't really multitask. Do you need to open to that co-creation in order to really harness it? Or is it just de facto part of anything that, that comes through?
2: Do you mean, when you say you, do you mean me personally or like the world at large? One in general, like. Anyone, right? Yeah. I think it's always there for the taking. And if you don't, purposely direct your energy and say to your team of light, like I'm open and ready to be used as a vehicle of love and healing in this world. However, I can best be used. They're still going to come through, but it makes it so much more fluid and easier. If you make a declaration of energy, right? Where you say I'm all in, I'm ready to receive, use me, guide me because then it really flows through but they'll still get to you no matter what you'll get like downloads, you know, at all different, I call it a download, right? It's just like sudden and it comes to you and through you, you'll still get it. But I think if we each take a moment to declare to our team of light energetically that we want in, we want to do that. You know, we want, we want to be part of this beautiful chain of light that is healing and helps people rise together I think it becomes even more accessible to us in beautiful mm-hmm. and surprising ways, you know, in ways we might not have scripted or thought like this is how it's going to translate in my life, how I'm going to be used as a vehicle of that. It might even surprise, it might, might be moments of surprise for us where we realize suddenly like, oh, that stranger I just had that conversation with, that felt, there. it felt like very light, felt it felt like it had a deeper purpose. Like it resonates within within us sometimes. And, you know, I think, the times that we feel isolated here, the way to completely break that and remind us of our connection is any act of kindness that you do for somebody else, like any act of service. You know, this might sound silly, but like putting a five dollar bill on the ground and leaving it for someone to find. Like, think about that moment of like, oh, look what I felt like the joy of somebody's going to have finding that. Like, look what just came into my life doing. Anything kind for anyone, like somebody wants to go in front of you in traffic, waving them in. Just feel what that feels like, right? Or like calling somebody, maybe who you think might be a little lonely, maybe where, maybe they're elderly. Like reach out. So that's always how we break this isolation: is through doing for others. And it's like mm-hmm. being reminded of that. You know, I think reminds our soul how we're part of each other's journeys, and we couldn't separate from that if we tried.
0: Yeah. And I feel like you've written too about sometimes like the random intervention or comment at the grocery store, like where you're like, I guess I'm gonna compliment this woman's earrings, even if like maybe they're so unappealing. And then you find out that it's they were like a gift from that person's mother and it's right. her birthday. Like the the way that we can also participate in each other in these affirming moments. Um, yeah, and just to trust who
2: pulls with that. Like I think sometimes we get like I feel this pull to say this or do this. And then we're like, no, 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 that's not, I can't do that. That's like, you know, but we should, we're all here to connect and to be part of each other's journeys. And I can't tell you how many times I get messages from people saying this was the sign I asked for. And it was delivered through my child or my friend, or a stranger who said this to me, or suddenly showed this to me. I think the other side uses all of us in these divine ways. So, if we're walking along one day and we suddenly feel compelled to like share something with this stranger or say something. That's most likely the other side at work trying to use us as a vehicle for healing and love and light and connection, right? But if we we have the free will to shut it down and be like, no, I can't do that. I'm not going to say that. You're not going to trust my pole. I'm not going to trust my intuition. I'm only going to stay grounded in this materialistic world. Like, then we lose out, right? So it's about trusting the light within us all, trusting the knowing, trusting what I call the pools of connection. It's really It can really change your life in magical ways. And because I think when you have those months, you you realize that's happened for you as well.
0: I woke up at 2 a.m. last night drenched in sweat, throwing bedding off of me. Every pet was also on top of me, which probably didn't help. Many nights, I have the opposite problem, where I'm hunting in the hall closet for extra blankets in the wee hours because I'm freezing. In part, this is because my husband and I have wildly different sleep temperature preferences, And I'm cold because he's left all the sliding doors in our house wide open. But there's actually a solution I've come to learn. And I'm all about a sleep solution because we know how important good uninterrupted sleep is for every facet of health. Have you heard about ChiliPad by SleepMe? It's a bed cooling system designed to revolutionize the way you sleep naturally. The ChiliPad bed cooling system is your new bedtime solution. It lets you customize your sleeping environment to your optimal temperature, ensuring you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. ChiliPad works with your existing mattress. It's a water-based mattress topper that continuously controls your bed temperature from 55 to 115 degrees. You can also choose a different setting than your partner, so you each get what you need. What I want? A cool mattress with piles of blankets on top. ChiliPad believes sleeping at the optimal temperature helps people naturally reach their highest potential physically and mentally. Visit www.sleep.me thread to get your ChiliPad and save up to $315 with code THREAD. This offer is available exclusively for Pulling the Thread listeners and only for a limited time. Order it today with free shipping and try it out for 30 days. You can return it for free if you don't like it with their sleep trial. Visit www.sleep.me slash thread because you're not just investing in better sleep, you're creating a better life. Are there, I don't know that we've ever talked about this and and I like, I want to stay with the light, but are there dark energies? Like, are there distortions or pulls that can also come through or not so much?
2: What do you mean by come through?
0: Or get attached to us? Like, is there, What? What are? what's your feeling about sort of negative energies or like old maybe karmic bonds or does that exist?
2: I think, you know, so the first thing I want to say is that even in the darkness, there's light. That's, yeah. that's what I know, no matter what we experience or what happens here. Do really terrible things happen here? Are there forces of like negativity mm-hmm. that exist here on this earth plane? 100% yes. Like, you know, I think the main reason for that is we get very confused here on earth sometimes, some of us, with what true power is, right? Is true power having power over someone, whether it's physical power over somebody or more money than somebody or cheating somebody out of something so we can do better, whether it's our ego is going to be better known, or we're going to have a financial reward by doing it, or like we want to physically assault somebody so we can feel physically powerful, right? Those are all false senses of power. And they're all fed by like fear energy, right? I'm afraid that I'm not going to be more powerful than somebody. So I'm going to go do these things, Right. I'm going to invade this country because I want to have more power. I'm going to eliminate or try to eliminate all these people or I'm going to be negative about this whole group of people because it makes me feel more powerful to be that way. Those are all false senses of power, right? And it leads to very, very dark and sad things. True power is the power we have to find the gifts we came here with, share them with others and then help others find their gifts share that with the world. And we all rise together. It's like, you know, the phrase where like the tide comes in and all boats rise, like, that's what we're really here for. So do, do negative things exist? Yes. Can people throw negative energy at you? Absolutely. And for me, for one, like, in a very simple way, like if somebody gives me a dirty look, because they're having a bad day, and like, I happen to be on the line behind them, I'm going to feel it. And It's going to feel like an energetic punch to my gut, but what I've learned to do, and I think what we can all learn to do is try not to be negatively reactive. And this is a real challenge sometimes, but it's, I think the first step of that is becoming aware that you've just received negative energy, right? And then making, having this very quick moment of choice of what are you going to do with that? You can throw it back like a trespass pass to somebody else, like to the same person to somebody else. Are you going to let that energy go into you and like affect you and be negative or you can be afraid of that energy or are you going to recognize that it's there and then kind of picture it rising out of your solar plexus going out to outer space and exploding where it can harm nobody like that's what i i choose (laughs) to do with it like energy is very very real it's the only truth of our existence right we're not really solid beings on these chairs that are solid like we're just fast vibrating atoms and the only truth is energy and the truth of energy is that we are light energy like we literally glow in the dark. When you get down to like the scientific research that's being done, we give off biophotons. all living things do. It's like a language between all of us. It's a language of light. It's our soul energy, right? So when we understand the basis of all things and what energy is, we can choose to release negative energy in certain ways. Now, when we get down to like a very fundamental level, like very dark things that happen, like people who are murdered you know, by strangers or like, even felt like, how does this, how can this ever make sense? I think that through the darkness, there is always light and collectively as humanity, we learn through that. So you can't look at just like the one person whose life was negatively affected, right? You have to look at that one person as part of this great whole and what we're learning overall, you know, it's like when something terrible happens too, you say so much love being directed at the people who are recipients of that, right? Like that's why we're here. We're here to care for one another, to help support one another and to love one another. And it can get really tricky, I think, when very dark things happen, you know, school shootings. Like, how does this make sense? Like, how can this ever make sense? These innocent children being being slaughtered. And I think it's it won't make sense to us in the here and now, right, in this kind of monkey brain, in this materialistic world. But I can only share what children on the other side have shared with me, which is that we're all invested in each other's journeys and we need to make different choices here to protect each other and love each other and be focused on that. Because when you think about even guns, what are guns? They're power over, they're not power to help rise. And, you know, I I think that we need to collectively come to an understanding about that as humanity. Or we're just going to keep repeating lessons. And I think a lot of that is what we see going on right now in the world. We see old lessons being brought up to the surface again, kind of like if there was muck at the bottom of like a lake and it gets kicked up. But why? I think, I think we're actually coming into like a really powerful time where we're ready to examine beliefs, ways of being that no longer serve us and discard them and move beyond them. Like I have had a sense for a while now that we are in a time of great reckoning. And I do not say that lightly because reckoning is serious, right? We're having a reckoning and I'm starting to see it play out. But so so far, we've only seen a lot of like the negative and the darkness. I think, you know, we're in for a rough two and a half years collectively as humanity because all these old belief systems, all these power over angry, fearful, dark ways of, possessing energy and being it's time to let them go. And we are all learning the hard way going through that. Right. But it's so important to have an awareness that even in the dark, there is great light. We are, we are in these really powerful light filled times right now. And it's so important to focus on the change and the shift that needs to happen and really put all our energy behind that and help that to happen, help facilitate that and help Mm. facilitate it in, Yes, a loving way, but in a powerful way too, you know. Yeah. So I, I think it's an interesting thing you're bringing up, especially in the current times we're living in.
0: No, and I think you're so right. I mean, reckoning is is accurate, and what also seems to be happening in a really powerful way, and I feel like we're in sort of a kick turn, or you know, it is this this emergence of all of these the ways that. We've relied on systems and structures and external authorities to tell us how to be, and we're watching that not protect us or the failures that have been built into those systems becoming quite evident, right? And it seems, too, as you mentioned, we're all these biospheres. Like, we each have our light, that there's this awakening happening as people are recognizing, oh, I matter. Like, my life here has meaning, and this is a co-creative... Exercise of leaning in, and it requires each of us to do the work. There's no more complacency. There's no more like being governed, being ruled, being told how to be. Like it is now on all of us that sovereignty. It's incumbent on each of us to pick that back
2: up and grow it. Yeah. You know, that's your light power. And we always have that accessible to us. But some people don't understand that we have that within us and we need to take ownership of that. We need to choose our highest path because we're all part of this collective whole, right? When we make choices for ourselves and we are kind to ourselves and we are critical thinkers where we examine things and we question things and we find our truths and we honor that, right? We're elevating everything. You know, and one thing I want to share too, when I do workshops on manifesting, I think there are two steps that usually when people are taught to manifest, they completely miss that my guides have shown me are so important and I almost call them like pre-steps, right? And it's the it's the purge and balance step. So what I typically will have people do is take a moment for us to just like, take a pe- piece of paper and a pen and just, you could do this on the keyboard too. And anybody viewing this can do this within your own lives too, right? But you can imagine like what this would be like for our society to do as well, right? And write a list of every negative thing you can think of, like every negative message, anything that you hear and you'll hear it and it comes out. And then you examine it, and you're like, I don't believe in any of these things. This is not my highest. But this is not true. This is very negative thought patterns. This is very dark, bad, negative energy, and, and reject it. Like realize, like I don't believe in these things. This is not. This is not the truth for me. But yet the messaging is there. I feel like we're having this reckoning globally, right? Where we're going. Wait a minute. Here's what messages we've been getting. Let's examine those and then let's reject them. Like the purge has to happen first. Those negative messages have to rise to the surface first, or we can't recognize them, reject them. And then the next step is balancing, like bringing in the light, connecting with things greater than yourself, whether it be art or music or like having some sort of ritual to like embrace and honor the fact that you are a light being. And it's time to step in and take ownership of your light. Like that's the first two steps to manifesting, right? And then we open and we have thought and we have vision and there's so many more steps after that. But I think it's the purge and the balance that we're in right now, and that's not a bad place to be. It's it's actually really important.
0: Yeah, a lot of work. Can I stop yeah. crazy? Yeah, so much question? work.
2: So much work.
0: <laughs> Can we talk a bit about when the soul comes into the body and? I've heard over the years, various sort of people who have miscarried or choose not to carry a baby. Like when, when do we incarnate okay. in the womb?
2: So that's such a great question, right? Like, I think what you're really asking is like, when is our soul like tied to the physical body that yes. comes here into the world, right? So I can share with you what the other side has shown me, Right we're all part of different soul groups, right? And a lot of times we can recognize individuals in our soul group, whether they're family members, of course, are in our soul group. But a lot of times strangers we meet who become friends or like, you just resonate with people and you're like, "What? Well, I feel like my soul knows your soul because it does because you're part of the same soul group. But there will be different soul group members that may or may not choose to physically and fully incarnate this lifetime here. It's almost like I'm on the sub team if you need me, or I am meant to play a certain role in your life. So that soul group on the other side is always connected, right? We have our own like spiritual groups. And when we really get down to it, this whole existence is really just a virtual reality that our souls are beamed into these physical bodies, but our soul essence, like who we really are, the light of our being is always on the other side, safe and sound. And we have like, if you've ever done virtual reality where you put on the goggles and the things, which I have, and I feel like. My guides had me do that once so that I could be like, this is exactly what Earth was like. This is you, you think you're really experiencing, and you are in that materialistic physical way, but your soul is always safe on the other side. And any like any lifetime you've ever had, any incarnation you've ever had, it's really happening simultaneously and you're linked to it all, right? So it's like you're having this experience here. So when does this soul attach into the body? It's with the first breath. Mm. So when a child is born. And when each one of us were born, that moment we took our first breath like that, that's the on button. We're completely attached at that moment. Prior to that, we're still attached, but it's this cord of light, right? This cord of connection. We're not really fully in our physical beings. It's almost like if you were a deep sea diver and you were on the craft and you've got all your stuff on, but you haven't gone underwater yet. And then the moment you like jump off the boat and go under that's coming here. Now Mm -hmm. we're attached, right? So it's that moment we take the first breath, which is also why when we feel really frenetic, when we feel really overwhelmed in our physicality and the physical experience, if you do breath work, it will always realign your soul with your physical body. It will always get you grounded in your own light. And you know, it's very interesting because physiologically too, when you do studies of people just doing some deep breathing, right? it changes your body chemistry. It changes all these things. So just to be reminded of that. So like a lot of times souls on the other side will talk about the fact that they weren't ever supposed to fully physically be here on earth, but they were supposed to be connected spiritually through that cord of their body developing in their, in their mother's womb, because they were either meant to be like a moment on that person's path, or maybe many people's path involved in that pregnancy. Right. Right just to like ha- teach a lesson or help someone declare like their free will or their choices here or they were men. It's always about love in some way, whatever facet of a lesson in love that individual is meant to learn. It's about that. So babies who arrive stillborn, they tell me like they didn't suffer and that their soul is part of their family's soul group. And that usually it's that their soul just needed to feel that unconditional love. And that was everything. Like that was the whole lesson for their soul. It's very healing on the other side and that they're very much watching over and part of that family. Sometimes souls on the other side, who maybe if there was a miscarriage, an abortion, a stillbirth, they all circle back like years later in another human body within the same family. You know, so there seems to be different choices or different paths that designed in a divine sense that I don't think we can understand when we're here. But what I do know is that it's so important for us to always focus on whatever lesson about love we were meant to learn from that, whether it was self-love and our own empowerment or like. Unconditional love, or just a surrender, like having love but surrendering to the other side, that there is some sort of divine path connecting us all and guiding our own journeys, no matter how chaotic or confusing they may seem. There is always this light and force of love guiding us, helping our souls learn the lessons we need to master or we've agreed to explore, or whatever it might be. Trusting in that, I think, is so fundamental to understanding the spark of connection between you and everything.
0: I'm exceedingly careful about what I buy, not only because I live in a 1,500-square-foot house with children who sure have an awful lot of stuff, but also because I try to be conscious about everything I use. In short, sure, I want to use everything I buy. In addition, thanks to A Decade in the wellness industry, I am very keyed into product claims and product content, This is why I like Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin, which is clinically backed with high-quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. I also like their Symbiotic Plus 2, which is a probiotic that's simple and effective. Ritual makes the most elegant multivitamin around. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus has everything you need, specifically nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Their unique beadlet and oil is so slick it's actually patented, and their capsule has a delayed release design, which is brilliant and essential, to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. And Ritual studies their vitamins, which is not the standard in the industry. Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy, the results, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. As most of us are getting far less sun right now, vitamin D supplementation is essential. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is one of the few women's multis that's USP verified, meaning what's on the label is what's in the formula. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark. It's also soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without GMOs. Did I also mention that Ritual is a certified B Corp and female-founded? Nothing makes me happier than these two facts. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com thread. Start Ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com/thread for 25% off. I feel like maybe you told me this but you can you can confirm or deny that sometimes animals the soul or spirit of an animal is just lighter. It's like more of an angel like they maybe aren't not dense enough but that it's not not intended for humanity but intended to be here with us and that it's a way for them to experience this realm before they head home
2: yeah you know I think animals are here so often to teach us unconditional love you know I think a lot of times people have a really hard time feeling unconditional love for humanity but for like animals like dogs like they're like oh yeah you know like you feel it it's it's, it teaches us lessons in love in divine love and unconditional and animals love us unconditionally like we can be having the crankiest worth, worst day and they're still going to love us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Beaming us with that sense of love, it reminds us who we are at our core. Like nobody is too dark or too broken, no matter what you've done here. Nobody is ever disconnected from their light, their capacity to love, their their divine connection to their higher self, to God energy, to this force of love, to all people. It's just a simple shift or choice we can make to re-access that. You know, and I think sometimes people get so stuck on their paths or so confused, or they they're carrying around all this guilt or this burden, these things that belong to them, that it's, it's really important for them to take a moment and recognize, like there's an inner connection an inner spiritual life that's going on at all times that is always accessible to them, you know, and it can always be called upon to help guide them and help them navigate sometimes very difficult situations here.
0: Yeah. Have you done any? amazing readings lately or anything that sort of sticks in your mind as an evolution on what you already have heard or known?
2: You know, I think there is never any reading I do that doesn't amaze me and doesn't teach Mm -hmm. me something. Readings to me are just such intimate things that I don't typically share what comes through unless I have someone's permission or like they share it. Right. But I can tell you, like, one of the things I love most of all that oftentimes happens in readings is somebody's loved one on the other side will bring up a situation that's either going on in their life now or has gone on in the past, right? And they'll reframe it. They'll be like, this is what that was about. This is what you were mastering then. And I think it really just helps us navigate our our, our life path in different ways or look back on it and see the spiritual light connection and like the spiritual meaning in it and how it shifted and what it told ourselves in a beautiful way, right? And maybe it wasn't about the person we were focused on. It was about something totally different. I think it can really transform the stories we're telling ourselves about what we're doing and what we're achieving here. I think a lot of us have very inaccurate views of whether our life or a path or a situation has been a success or a failure, right? There are always lessons in everything we're going through.
0: It's such a human tendency too, and I've certainly felt this about my life. Like you you really need the long view and the perspective to look back and recognize the gifts of darkness sometimes or hard moments or hard things things that you would never have asked for or wanted, but then to recognize the gifts that they also bring or the way that your life Has changed as a result. Like you can't, no one would choose those things in the moment.
2: Right, exactly. Exactly, you know, and what you're bringing up, it's so important, it's so like really the word reflection, I think is like a, and a lot of times we'll have those moments when we write, it's why people talk about the importance of journaling. It's like, you know, I spent tw- almost 20 years in our high school English classroom. And one of the things I would do every year at the end of the year with my students, I, w- I would have them write a year-end reflection. And in that reflection, they would examine the books we read, the themes they learned, the poetry we re- re- explored, the writing they did like creatively and like the kind of memoir writing. And we would talk about the journey they were on that year, but we were really talking about their spiritual journey, right? I might've been in a room with four walls and we might've been talking about literature and what they had written, but it was really reflecting like spiritually, how did they grow that year? What affected them? What lit them up? And they would come away with the most incredible insights, you know? And I I think unless you're being told by a teacher in a classroom, you need to write this for a year end grade and complete your course. Many of us skip that step and oh my goodness, are we cheating ourselves? Because it's so hard in this frenetic paced world to take a moment to sit down quietly with ourselves and reflect and have those moments. And you can reflect as far back as you want. You can reflect to when you were like, four years old. You can reflect to something that happened four years ago, whatever it might be. What you need to trust is that your team of light is going to work with you to help show you, help you reflect, help you understand things in a new way. And it can be freeing and it can be transformational. You know, you can walk away from that moment of reflection, having a whole new understanding and and outlook and seeing the meaning that before you couldn't see before, you know, it's, it's magical. It truly is. Mm.
0: I love the fact that you're a teacher or were a teacher, never stops delighting me. And you obviously tell that story in The Light Between Us. And you also explain how you read or the way the information comes to you and how you diagram it sort of on your chalkboard, which is so lovely. And the thing that I think is extra powerful about your book, at least for me, it was an unlock, is that the work that you put into your skill and your ability to read accurately and that you're effectively playing this game of charades but the reading is really only as good as the person who can interpret through that screen and so often people come to me and maybe they've had a bad experience with the psychic people have it's a spectrum of skill right and it's not that people are are malintended they just might not have particularly developed intuitive abilities, but it's an ability that we all have, right? I think that's yes, your other point. Yeah. How do you, and, and and so when also when people read or listen to reading, they skeptics can like grade every single <laughs> thing, looking for any excuse to reject wholesale, whatever was said. But when people are, because obviously you don't really read for people, they can access you through teaching, classes, books, I don't know, is your waitlist- Two
2: two, de- two
0: decades long. How should people think about that? As if they if they need that initial reading to really feel connected.
2: Yeah, you know, I think readings can be beautiful doorways into one's own abilities, and I'm not discounting how powerful a session can be. But what I am saying is, like, there are a few set readers, right, and so many people. Who want to access this connection? That while a reading can be a vehicle to do that, it should really just be the start of a larger conversation you're having with your own team of life, right? So there's a couple things I want to address that you said. The first thing you said is that skeptics will go through a reading looking to like discount everything. You know, I had this really interesting conversation. I did something called the Explorer series during you know lockdown, and I I was in discussion with different people and one of them was a man named Dr. Bill Bangston who does mm. research into remote, Love him. Shooting, right? You know him, right? Yes. <laughs> and he said the most fascinating thing to me. He said he would always go to like skeptic conventions he'd be invited, right? And he'd show up and everybody couldn't believe he'd show up and the very first thing he would say to them is like, "I actually am the only true skeptic in the room. You are all closed-minded believers." And it was so powerful because what he said is a true skeptic questions, right? They're like a critical thinker. They don't have like a set decision made. Maybe raise an eyebrow and say like, let me really look into that. Right. But they don't go in thinking, let me just credit everything because this cannot be real. You know, and I've heard this theme so much through all the academic researchers I've spoken to who are doing research in this field. They say it's so taboo and other academics like don't want to hear about it you know, I did another interview discussion with Dr. Dean Raven, right. And he, he worked at the Princeton lab when they were like exploring psi theory and all that. And he had this incredible data that like just blew the, you know, the materialistic paradigms of smithereens. And he was so excited to show it to like the, the physics department. And he went literally knocked on their door because they were like, you know, four doors down. And he's like, you have to see this data. And they're like, we don't want to see it because it can't be true. Like, slam the door shut, wouldn't even look at the data, because it's so taboo, right? And the belief is like, that can't be so I'm not even going to entertain that thought. That is closed mindedness. That's not skepticism. So that I just want to address that first, right. But second of all, the fact that there are a lot of practitioners out there, you know, saying, come to me, I'm going to help you connect. I'm a psychic medium. One thing that really upsets me in this field is a lack of credentials one needs, right? You look at any career, any profession, anything we spend our energy on in the here and now in the United States. And like, you have to get tested for that. You have to show that you can do what you say you're doing. You have to come at it in a very logical way and show proficiency. And I feel like our world is just totally dismissing the field of like psi and psychic abilities and mediumship as being like, we don't want to even look at it, right? So we're not going to form any sort of panel that would make you prove you can do this before you go practice it. So I think it can be very dangerous. I also think that there are very, very vulnerable people sometimes who have had a great loss and are just like desperate to figure out how to make that connection, right? And wanting evidence. And I totally understand that, but I think that it could be a dangerous field to dive into unless you know where to look. And this is why I love the Forever Family Foundation, who was formed by Bob and Frank Ginsburg who lost their daughter and they wanted to find reputable, proficient mediums that they could test, who could do what they say they're doing and also who were in it for the right reasons, right? Like anybody who does any events for Forever Family Foundation, any mediums, we do it completely voluntarily we for free we just show up and do it because we want to help people in grief so i think any of the forever family foundation mediums who are in private practice outside of what they do for the foundation they've been tested and they are legitimate so i'd say like look there i'm also winbridge research medium so with forever family you know it's like i dive in to help people in grief with winbridge i very committed to donating my time to be tested and try and figure out how this works for me so we can all access it more and like have that, you know, connection in our own lives and right. And also give credibility to this field because it's very real. And so looking at Winbridge mediums, you know, can there be mediums out there who are not Winbridge certified or forever family foundation certified? Absolutely. A hundred percent. What I always say is trust recommendations. Like your team of light will help get you to the right person just through somebody telling you about them. Trust your own intuition too. And if not, just go to Forever Family Foundation or Winbridge, because those mediums have been tested under like all different types of blinded conditions to show like, not only can they do what they say they can do, but they're doing it at a very proficient level. Because I think, you know, a lot of this is like this emotional language of symbolism and psychic trades that we have to very rapidly interpret what it means for the person. And you can understand like things could get mistranslated and there's a great response responsibility there to me reading for somebody is such an intimate thing right I hold it sacred it's such a powerful thing that I think we all need to we all in the field need to approach it that way right and we also need to I don't know what other mediums do but I can only do between three and five readings a week which is also to address your other question why my wait list is closed because it you know I've never advertised it was always like whoever was meant to find me would through word of mouth but when my first book came out then it like just grew like to attend your wait list in like four months or something. And I had to shut it down. And I slowly still, you know, trying to make my way through that and deal with all my regular client base. That was, you know, rather extensive at the same time, but I feel like, you know, there are some very truly gifted psychic mediums out there. And if you listen to other people's experiences, I think that you will be led to the right people and the right times. I think reading reading like books on the topic can help inform you. You know, Robert Ginsburg, who runs Forever Family Foundation, wrote a great book. I think it's called The Medium Explosion. It's available on Amazon and everywhere, which teaches people like what they should be looking for if they're going to go for a reading, what they should and shouldn't say, like, you know, that they shouldn't have to give any information, things of that nature, I think can be really helpful. But I think the greatest thing I want each and every person to do is like to know and to actually practice in their own lives. It's, like. While a reading can certainly be like this instant doorway to the other side, like nobody needs a medium. We have that within ourselves, and I'm going to promise you, your loved ones, your team of light on the other side, they're not looking for a medium to connect. Like their number one choice is go directly to you by creating a language of signs and messages, and like letting you feel them around, like helping guide you directly. They'll come through us for sure to help facilitate that, but they, they always want to go to you first. So like opening to that and trusting in that can be really beautiful. And like really opening to your own abilities will help open you to the other side. So maybe like looking for workshops that will help develop your abilities or going online and and watching lectures or discussions about that topic, looking at places like, you know, places that like explore those ideas, research places can be like really, really wonderful, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so I have a lot linked on my website, like different places people can explore, reputable places that I really think are great resources. You know, the Ryan Institute in North Carolina is phenomenal. They run courses online and it's all research and scientific and helping people open to their abilities and remotely anywhere in the world, people can go look at that. It's the education part of that. It's the rhine.org like R-H-I-N-E.org. All those things. I think when we can go on our own journeys to understand, I do think we need to be thoughtful and careful and we should listen to recommendations and we should look for people that maybe have pushed themselves a little bit extra to gain more understanding or more credibility in what they're doing. Mm -hmm.
0: and then stay open to the signs yesterday a hummingbird flew into my house I Um, mean
2: (laughs) that is like a really big in your face obvious amazing sign I feel like that was planned because we were going to talk today I know eh?
0: (laughs) I very gently caught it was actually like stunning experience because I I managed to sort of get the bird in my hands and release it outside. i mean, never magical. been so close to a like hummingbird.
2: Disney princess level magical right there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all because of you, Laura.
2: <laughs> no, it's not. It's all because of you. And I, I really don't like when people give away their energy or credit like that. Like, at least you are open to the other side. You are this connection of light with all these things. And I feel like when something like that, when a hummingbird shows up for you and lets you hold it, that's sacred. Like that's magical. And having that moment and recognizing, like, that's all done by energy. And, like, it's also, like, almost announcing and reminding you of who you are as a spiritual light being, right? It's a blessing in your life, right? It's so beautiful. Don't ever give that away. Like, you've done that. You've created that stream of light opening. You've said, I'm open to it, and I can experience that. You know, I might have been somebody along the way who helped teach you how to do it or point you in the right direction but that doesn't come from me so whenever I do a reading and people are like this was so amazing I'm like, it doesn't come from me that's your loved ones on the other side I'm just the telephone you know I think we, we <laughs> shift credit sometimes like you know it's like it's you and it's your connection to the other side and like I'm the third party you know so I think owning that and like celebrating that part of yourself please, too like I was open that hummingbird came to me and what a blessing that was and I'm always going to hold that like energetic moment of connection on my path and journey forward. But it's like this like beautiful, like sparkle from the universe, reminding you of who you are as a light being, right?
0: Well, you're a beautiful telephone. I just (laughs) want to (laughs) say.
2: Thank you. It's such an honor for me. You know, I think that doing this in, on my life journey, it's, it's so much more than I could have ever dreamed. You know, like, it's just, I feel so fulfilled and just so blessed and so like honored and humbled to do this work in the world and you know it's not from me it's through me so i'm always learning too and like learning how to reframe my own like here and now journey too with it it's just phenomenal But we all have access to that
0: i'm so grateful to call laura a friend in part because her light and positivity in the way that she holds space for so Many people who are suffering, it's incredible actually to think about living a life of service where you are meeting people in their grief and connecting them to the people who they've lost, often tragically or in a way that leaves hearts hurt and seeking meaning and wanting to be healed or whole. I think her books are both stunning the Light Between Us which really explores she's particularly a conduit for children as mentioned and it, the death of a child can feel so terrible and senseless that not that she gives it meaning because it's so often meaningless but that this idea that they are connected and held in love and not alone I think is so powerful and healing and and As also mentioned, I love Laura's central thesis, which is that we all have the ability to do this ourselves. Not only do we have the ability, it's incumbent on us, for any of us who wanna live in a co-creative way to accept love and support, and to allow interventions that help us to our highest good, that we refine that language. And when she read for me, when I met her in the months after Peter died, She told me, he told me, we will still talk, it'll be in a different language. It's funny because I resist talking to other mediums or going out there as mentioned in the world looking for constant assurance and reassurance because I know I need to do this for myself. And in a way, if anyone channeled Peter, I would feel a little disappointed in myself that I weren't doing my job of staying connected and in constant communication with him. So that's something that really feeds my life and feeds my soul. And I feel as supported by him now as I ever did when he was still alive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. You can find show notes and full transcripts of the episodes at elisepodcast.com. please listen, rate, review, and follow Pulling the Thread, available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts, i.e. wherever you're listening right now. I also want to thank you in advance for sharing any episodes with friends who you think might like the show, because that is how podcasts grow.